Welcome to Hosts Here with Pixis Posters and Podcasts. We'll be hosting this podcast, putting a new one out every month. Who is Pixa? We're a Pitt County Coalition on Substance Use, and this podcast will be... My name is Jacob. I'm the host here with our co-host, Lily Malpass. Pixa has many initiatives, but our biggest one is supporting our community. So I look forward to seeing you here. Hey, Eastern North Carolina. My name is Jacob with PIXA. We're the Pitt County Coalition on Substance Use, and we have here another edition of our Posters in Podcast. And today we're here to talk about International Overdose Awareness Day, which is coming up August 31st. And this year we have a really special surprise. We will be co-hosting an event with the Art Neighborhood and with ECU's Collegiate Recovery Program. And with me today, I have John Michael Harris. And John Michael, why don't you come on and tell us a little bit about yourself and your position there at ECU? Absolutely. Hello, everyone. My name is Jay Harris. I use he, him pronouns, program coordinator for East Carolina University's Collegiate Recovery Community, also alcohol and other drug staff counselor. I've been with the center for the last six years as our Collegiate Recovery Community now was entering into its sixth year of providing services to our students on the campus and also reaching out into the community and doing lots of really awesome things like we're talking about today. Thank you for having me, Jacob. Absolutely. And Lisa Ludwig, so I know you're from New York and you know Miss Diane, she's on our board of directors as well. Um, can you tell me a little bit about yourself? Sure, Jacob. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here talking with you both about this really great experience we're going to have. Um, I actually grew up in uh, Carolina Beach, North Carolina, and I um, went to East Carolina University and got my BFA in painting there. And then right after that, I moved to New York City to um, explore art and activism and awareness. So it's a full circle for me and I'm super excited. Awesome. So yeah, you know, we're, we've kind of combined a few different things for Overdose Awareness Day and the CDC just put out the numbers last year or for last year where over 93,000 people died um, from an overdose. So this year's, in my opinion, especially important because we're kind of facing two public health crises. You know, we have COVID, um, you know, and we have the opioid you could say endemic at this point because it's been going on for so long. And, you know, Diane had this idea where we would try and highlight some of the positive attributes um, of those who, who may use or those who may be in recovery. You know, I personally myself have lost um, numerous friends to overdose. And I know that I, I hate whenever I have to talk about it or or even say their name with respect to that because they are so much more than mm -hmm. just that last decision um, which is why i really liked the idea of of bringing the art neighborhood here um and i'm just curious to know like how it all came together like did, did diane reach out to you uh you know and then to you jar michael kind of what was that uh that experience like yeah um i'll actually let Lisa kind of tell it from her perspective because I think that history goes a little bit um, further back so yeah I will so um I knew um her son Mike who passed away um from overdose and I was working with the art neighborhood which I started in 2009 um and 
I wanted to do a fundraiser and I was thinking about um, him and he started a needle exchange program in South Bronx. Um, so he was up here in New York and I was like, maybe I can reach out to, um, to them and try to raise money by doing like a raffle. And if you win the raffle, then I'll make a custom action figure for you to, for the art neighborhood. So um, I reached out to her and she was like, I'm in Greenville and I actually um, am doing the needle exchange here and I'm taking it from what he kind of started and what I learned from seeing him there. And I started it here and I was like, well, let me do like a pay it forward and we'll try to raise money for your program through the art neighborhood. So anybody could go onto my website and buy any of the fun little things that I have. Like I have some zines and I have action figure kits and stuff like that and or donations. And by doing that, I was trying to raise money for um, Ecom for Change. And she was really um, into the art neighborhood and learned more about it. And she got some action figure kits and she was like, let's bring this to Greenville and let's try to get in touch with CRC and see what can happen. Like, let's make it so that participants can participate, like that are using, that are in recovery um, and let them have this opportunity to join this art project. So that's how um, she said, let's do this. And so I did a proposal and we sent it out and I guess she got in touch with Jar Michael. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, Diane reached out to me. It probably would have been into late spring semester. And she said, hey, I have this idea. I don't really know where it might go. But, you know, she was basically like, hey, if I bring it to you, I know you, you could, you'll connect the dots. Um, and so I, I reached out to several folks that do this type of thing on our campus. You know, as our collegiate recovery community has been around for you say, going on now six years, it's an idea that I've always wanted to do, like some type of art thing that could live and exist without necessarily myself or our students having to actually be there, right? Like we will have an art show in a gallery and people will kind of can passively learn about the collegiate recovery community. So I've seen this happen with other organizations. And so I reached out to some of those um, individuals who have done those things and just figured out who the players were and how we can make this happen. Um, and so we drafted up a proposal, um, sent it out to the School of Art. Uh, we sent it out to the um, Department of Addictions and said, hey, if we did something like this and we really built this to be like a expressive art, expressive therapy type of project, and then to have a reception where we can all kind of celebrate in the county in Eastern North Carolina, the wonderful work of recovery that's taking place here, why can't this be the post-COVID return to life as we once knew it or will now know it or however and do something kind of really big. And so, you know, we are able to pull it all together. We know we had a lot of help from the Department of Addictions and Rehab Services, obviously the Pitt County Coalition on Substance Use, um, Echo for Change, obviously. And we're going to, like I said, truly celebrate what it means for our community to truly embrace recovery and on all sides. And so that, I think that's the part of all of this I'm really excited about. Absolutely. And Lisa, I was hoping you could tell me more about these action dolls. Cause whenever I've sent out some of the PDFs about the art neighborhood, um, you know, people are, 
or like, you know, what is this? You know, what is the, the point of this action doll? What is an action doll? So could you kind of break that down for me? Sure. Well, the Art Neighborhood is a large scale um, installation diorama of a miniature shantytown, which have real people in it. So, um, which is almost like saying I'm from southeastern North Carolina. It's a very big <laughs> mouthful. Um, but I guess uh, the action figure started off with um, kind of like a, I love play sets. I love action figures. I love superhero dolls and stuff like that. So um, originally I was like, let's create, let's get people to make action figures of their best self. Like that's, if we could all just bring our best possibility to our community, then there'll be so many things change. Um, and I think a lot of times we take for granted our best qualities and that actually it does affect other people. Our actions affect everyone everywhere. I was in New Mexico, I mean, I was in Mexico City on a train and I went by a, a shantytown favela and people were living in a trash dump, like they built their houses out of that. And I remember looking at people like having fun, playing around and I realized like, these are real people. And I know that sounds really off-putting and weird, but I feel like sometimes we don't see people. You know, we don't see that they're fathers and daughters and sons and sisters. And I just, so it was like, wow, like this is um, my, how I, like how I throw my trash away actually affects other people or how we consume affects other people. And then that just kind of continues on through so many things in our life. And there's so many causes and missions that reflect our actions and how we affect others. So I feel like when we take the time just to think about like, I'm a good listener, um, that's what I do really well, that actually can benefit others. And it's a really great um, strength to have. And I think it's about thinking about strengths. So I, um, the action figure is really about action, the word action, and creating a space of real people that can connect with others. And like when you look at the art neighborhood and these action figures displayed that are created by individuals like yourself and Jar Michael, it's that you are sharing with others who you are. And it's, for me, it's just a really um, great way to connect with others. And I feel like that's a real healing um, process. So the action figure is your best, uh, it's people creating these art dolls that are in consideration of who they are and their best qualities. Does that make sense? It does. And <laughs> You know, with International Overdose Awareness Day, even for me still, you know, it is a, you know, a national day of mourning. But as we look towards the future, like as far as activism goes, um, you know, how can we prevent others from overdosing as well? Joe Michael, in the past, we've talked about, you know, self-actualization, you know, and, and the role that that plays to reducing harm and wanting to make healthier decisions, whether that be recovery, whether it be abstinence, or it, it just be simply harm reduction and just kind of moving in the right direction. And I really feel like these dolls have a pretty direct way of um, expressing that self-actualization, you know, helping us remember that we are more than what others may say that we are um, with respect to that. So I, I really find it fitting that, you know, we're using this as a model for International Overdose Awareness Day, because it's, it's not typical of how we normally do International mm -hmm. Overdose Awareness Day. So I am really, really excited 
uh, for it. And John Michael, you know, how has ECU received it, you know, in the departments that you've worked with? Yeah, you know, I think one of the things that we think about, you know, International Overdose Awareness Day um, is not something that our university has actively participated in. I mean, obviously our collegiate recovery community is very active in our, in our local community and we've been at those events, but the opportunity for us to actually step in and kind of host International Overdose Awareness Day means a lot to me um, because I have truly feel like, you know, East Carolina University's um, mission is around regional transformation. And so how much more than the University of the East to be actively participating in an event of this magnitude, um, which means so much to our community because we have been so affected by the overdose, um, the overdose episodes and um, epidemic over the last several years, um, to the point that our university has stepped up um, just prior to the pandemic to offer free Narcan to faculty students and staff. Um, through our student health pharmacy. Um, a huge, huge win for us, not just for the collegiate recovery community, but for the community of Eastern North Carolina and particularly in Greenville and Pitt County. Um, and so, you know, I really see the university stepping up and recognizing that we have an obligation as those with resources and with the manpower in a lot of ways to literally arm individuals with this life-saving drug to prevent overdoses in the future. And the crazy thing about that is we launched this program in late February, literally two weeks before our university closed because of the pandemic of COVID-19. And for those of you who might be aware, you know, Pitt County was actually on a decline in overdose deaths. Um, related to opioids as a result of getting Narcan in the hands of lay people. And so, you know, our university saw that as a win and a positive, something we should be a part of. And literally two weeks before our university shuts down, we were able to get this into the hands of students, faculty and staff. And over the course of the summer, we actually saw an increase of overdose be due to the pandemic, right? Because people are using it isolation and all of these other things. But our university was an active participant in making sure that people's lives were being saved through that, that really dark time that we were in. Um, you know, I don't know if we can say for sure how many lives we may have saved, but I like to believe that we've been a part of saving lives over the last 18 months and we'll continue to do so. Um, I actually just got word that we'll be re um, ordering more the lock song for the student health center in just a couple of weeks. So just really excited about the work that the university is doing to help kind of promote this message of wellness. Very cool. Yep. Yeah, I'm happy to, to hear that as well. Um, you know, naloxone obviously is, has been one of the largest, if not the biggest contributor to reducing, you know, overdoses in our country. Um, but as you talk about using in, isolation, you know, Lisa, you've taken more of a, um, a humanistic approach, you know, to it rather than like a, a Freudian approach to it. Um, going back to that self-actualization. So I was wondering if you had any anecdotal um, stories that you could give us that of action dolls that people have created in the past. So um, 
you know, uh, I do have a printout, if you just wait a second, of um, one of the, wait, I might have it on. Let me just go grab it, hold on. Um, let's see, well, mm. it's okay if you don't. I was just wondering if you had any, any stories or what you want people to get out of this. Yeah, I do. Um, well, I was going to say that um, whenever um, whenever you participate and make an action figure, you fill out a registration form, and that's a place where you get to write about your action figure and about what it means. And it's my way of having a record. So every action figure is given a number, and I put um, online the figure, the person who made the art, their age at the time they made it, and where they're from when they made it. And then um, I'm able to see people from all around the world, where they're from, and who's uh, contributed to the art neighborhood. And each person writes a, a little bit about their character that they created. So over the summer at East Carolina University, with the help of John Michael, um, we were able to have a workshop um, that you're both at. And, um, to create action figures. It was a virtual workshop for me. I was here in my studio in New York. And um, while you were there, you were able to uh, create the action figures and then write about it. And one of the people that were there was um, a participant named Brian. And this is what he wrote. And this is just an example of, it's, it's not like life changing in the fact of, wait, sorry, now let me rephrase that. So here's like, um, here's what he wrote about his character. Rogan, the wizard warrior. My son has autism and it's taken lots of strength and patience to get him to place, to a place of understanding. I'm so proud of him and his, and his, and his accomplishments in communication. He's my inspiration and adversary warrior. I also chose the color orange because it's my favorite color. Thank you for being you. Rogan the Great. So what I like about this detail is he's talking about where he's, he's inspired and what gives him strength and that's his son. And that's something that um, he's sharing with all of us. And I think that's a really beautiful and personal um, inspired testimony that he's given. Um, and for me, like when you take time to get to share things that are important to you to others, you make a connection. and you know, throughout this whole project, it is about connecting with people, but it's also about creating a conversation. This is one way to have a conversation, but the art neighborhood is about, like, let's talk about the, what's going on around us. Because when you start talking about, like, the um, opioid epidemic, and you start talking about recovery and not make, not have stigma about overdose, about losing someone or about it happening to you, you're able to start solving problems and creating solutions. And so for me, that's really what I'm hoping will happen at, on August 31st is us all having a conversation with each other and not being closed off, but, but coming together and saying like, see me, hear me, I'm here, you know, and, and loving everyone around you. For me, it's like, you know, an opportunity to also share uh, kindness and love with one another. So that's really important to me for the art neighborhood. It's a very, I think it's a very loving place for some reason. 
No, it's, it is awesome. Um, and John Michael, where is this taking place at? It's actually going to be in the new um, Health Sciences Center, um, Health Sciences Campus, rather, health, um, Student Center, the new building that's been built on the uh, Allied Health Campus, um, kind of like just behind the hospital and um, the our Heart Institute um, in the Grand Room 202. It's a beautiful room there that's set up um, that has, it's kind of opens up into the second floor um, kind of art gallery that's out in the hallway there. And then there's also art gallery on the first floor. Um, and so one of the things I'm really excited about is, you know, this art that we'll have literally have created with our own hands will live on our campus for several weeks throughout the month of recovery month. And so even if you aren't able to make it to the event on August 31st, you have the entire month of September to still come out and check it out and um, you know, pick up some information about the art neighborhood, pick up information about Ekin for Change, the collegiate recovery community, and also how to find um, those resources I spoke about with the Naloxone at Student Health. Absolutely. I know that everyone at PIX is excited in Eastern North Carolina is, um, you know, owes you a debt of gratitude, Lisa. We really appreciate you coming down here from New York um, to, to offer your services here to the people who, uh, who need it most. Um, you know, I found it really inspiring that you're willing to work with Diane, um, you know, in the middle of this COVID crisis and you being so far away. Right. So as we're kind of wrapping it up here, I wanted to thank both of you for, for coming on. And again, the International Overdose Awareness Day is August 31st. And John Michael, what time is the gala? Um, it's actually going to be from 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. And if individuals want to show up a little bit early to actually create a piece of art to go along with the art neighborhood and be kind of inserted right into the project on that day, they're able to do that just by coming a few out, you know, a few moments early, you know, we will yeah. probably be setting up all day. And so if you hopped in around, you know, even 3.30 or 4 o'clock, someone will be there and kind of walk you through the process. So Lisa, Absolutely. you'll be there if someone wanted to help make a doll? Oh, absolutely. I can't wait to meet everyone. Um, everyone's invited. Everyone's invited to participate. We're going to have, um, I made bases, like action figure model bases that people can pick up. And there's going to be materials that you might identify with that you can use to um, create your action figure. And you can register it right there. There'll be paper and pencils and um, I'll photograph your work and you can put it right directly into the sculpture. So it will, um, become a part of the art neighborhood right away. And, and we're also going to do a commemorate, we're going to commemorate um, Overdose Awareness Day by having, um, if you'd like to write a name on a sign or a photo or a drawing of a loved one that you may have lost, or if you've been affected by um, overdose, you're able to um, do that in action figures will be holding these signs. And we also are doing a recovery mural that you can participate in by it's going to be a miniature mural. Uh, the, the buildings are made out of cardboard boxes and they're probably like 12 by 12 inches, but the mural will be small, but you'll be able to create a piece of art or write your name and you can add it to this mural that will continue to be part of the art neighborhood. And as um, most things that are integrated into it, it will be ongoing and it will stay within 
within the work. So I'm looking forward to that too. So there's a lot of ways you can participate. Even if you don't wanna make an action figure, you can do um, these other things that will really have a huge impact on the artwork and on the evening. Awesome, that's, that's great to know. So I'd like to thank both of you for, for showing up tonight so we can try and spread some awareness about the event and about International Overdose Awareness Day. And I can't wait to see both of you there on August 31st and the rest of Pitt County and the surrounding counties. Um, you know, Eastern North Carolina is more than just Pitt County. ECU right. is kind of a beacon for the, the entire eastern part of the state. So if you can make it out, we'd love to see you there.